Alex Kearns is the man of the hour. Alex Kearns is the man of the hour. Espanol is verboten here, ici, dans les Etats-Unis. This is for the Honduran-born USA punker mama baby chick, half woman and half child, who attracts men with her scorpion look and the passport of her Canadian lawyer father. He loved Pakistani women and found ecstasy underneath the mango tree. This is for the Chicano Guerito Guapo, whose father is German, mother born an Aztec from Cuernavaca, and who arrived with the name Julio Chichimeca Edinburgh, raised on Guadalupe Street in San Antonio. For the Appalachian West Virginia mountain mama blonde with high cheeks from her little bit of Cherokee, still pronounced after many generations, who fell in love with a Jersey New York bred Ecuadorian brujo poet she met in New Orleans, where he lives in a metaphoric exile close to the equator. This This is for hybrid America without boundaries, fluid in between her open legs that have passed many births of rainbow colors. But Espanol is for Isi dans les Etats-Unis. And I woke up feeling like a grand insect, como una cucaracha de Kafkaesque proportions, sick with George Samson's fear of being left behind, avec mon derriere up in the air. Ale conces verboten here. How can that be? Not in a democracy, for even the lowest forms are guaranteed la liberté que debe ser la première raison d'être. Yet, is still verboten here. So if you do drugs, do them now. And talk to me, mes amis, tete a tete. For if you can't speak another language, get a tutor, because I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. But I've been told that there is no room at the multicultural inn, and I can't get no, I can't get no, I can't get no affirmative action. But I try, and I try, y más de todo, je regret mon amigasos, que no se parla sprench aquí tampoco, porque we believe in one language, one God, and one dollar, monolinguistic, monotheistic, monetary control. Así que son un par de monos todos. Ay, qué cojones. Y qué es que tú chaches, s'il vous plaît. In a dangerous liaison between democracy and capital gains. Qué es que Or melted fromage in between your Mac baby honey buns. Ay, Ay caramba. Donde está la dolce vita, mama leoni? Beba, please, beba, please, beba, 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 please. Remind Antonio that it's Prince Spaghetti Day. And Della Ventura, he's no friend of mine. Just another old ball pain in the ass TV cop beating colored folk. And have you noticed that bread in French is spelled a lot like pain in English? Ay, que rico, señor masoquista. Hasta la prochaine con estos híbridos verbales. Tell me more, tell me more. Español is verboten here than the Estados Unidos. Because you're a pepper, I'm a pepper. Don't you want to be a pepper too? This is a hybrid nation, pendejos. Not a hama, not a hama, not a homogenized Brady Bunch affair. We're the only black making a cameo on that show was Greg Brady himself with a heavy tan hiding a little afro underneath the apple pie because maybe he was a white mulatto a brother trapped in suburban denial and cottony comfort c'est pas possible you say Well, white America is obsessed with tanning, and salsa sauce outsells Heinz ketchup as the leading condiment every year. And guacamole junkies are learning how to tango by the millions. And La Macarena follows the national anthem at Yankee Stadium. Así que al filen los oídos, despierten la subconsciencia y ajusten sus cinturones filosóficos. Do not be afraid, amigos y amigas, porque se habla español aquí. Do not be afraid of the Spanish language, because tostitos are here to stay. 
In fact, Tostitos and Union improved. They are fat-free and good for the economy. So if you are bilingually challenged, sharpen your ears, awake your subconscious, and adjust your philosophical seatbelts. Because it's early in new millennium. America, por tu otro nombre con huevos rancheros. Do you know where your country is? Ale Kunz is the bone here. So wake up and smell the platanos. In our next election Tuesday, vote Republican fear out to graze in a medieval pasture. This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. Welcome to Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Heaven Their Say. We are happy to bring you another remote installment of the Latino Literary Renaissance. As always, we're going to thrill you with art from around the country and also history from your own backyard. We are recording remotely for broadcast May 19th, 2020, and we're bringing you voices from New Orleans and Houston's La Bonita Barrio, also known as Houston City Council H. At the top of the show, you heard the poetry of poet, performance artist, and activist Jose Torres Tama from New Orleans. We're happy to bring you the national debut of his video cortaditas, Poesia Picante. He joins us for a full interview during the first half of the program, and you'll enjoy more of his work throughout the show today, broadcasting at 100,000 watts. During the second half of the show, you will meet Lauri Flores. She is our new Nuestra Palabra community representative for Houston City Council H. She'll be talking about how art builds community. We will, as always, bring you art, culture, history, and the soundtrack to a revolution. The Nuestra Palabra radio show is archived at the University of Houston Digital Archives. Our hard copies are kept at the Houston Public Library Special Collections Hispanic Archives, you can listen to Nuestra Palabra on demand by visiting www.nuestrapalabra.org. Also, our pledge drive begins next week. There are no broadcast shows on commercial, radio, or TV about art, culture, or politics. KPFT hosts a monopoly on community cultural capital. We answer to our community. Please budget a donation to KPFT and make it support Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. I want to thank folks for donating their cultural capital on a weekly basis. That's our crew. Leti Lopez, Rodrigo Bravo, who mixes the shows remotely, Claudia Soler Alfonso, Jesse Aranda Comer, Lauri Flores, Stefano Galasa, Al Castillo, I'm happy to join you every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. for Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having to Say, here on KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston. Also on Tuesdays from 2 to 3 p.m., we bring you Latino politics and news. I also get to see you on the political talk show, What's Your Point, on Fox 26 Houston, Sundays at 7 a.m. This is Tony Diaz. Stay tuned for more cultura, poesia, and musica. What if after so many words? And what if after so many words? And what if after so many words? And what if after so many words? I remain knee deep in redneck Aryan urine, flowing putrid through the bowels and veins of televangelists who proclaim Jesus ride shotgun with a rebel flag, hiding guns and ammo in a Chevy pickup truck, and who have put together an infomercial announcing the second coming will be brought to you by Hamburger Helper. And what if after so many words? 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 
I am sinking in the quicksand rhetoric of Christian politicians who have jailed my genitals with censorship litigation and have torched my NEA award-winning charcoal drawings of Virgin Mary Barbie in a red bikini riding a Harley, whose only crime, whose only crime, whose only crime was coming on to crucifixion can through the twelve stages of a technological cross with an LED display that reads, Jesus buys more and saves. And what if after so many words? 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 The righteous priest, an artist in his bare time, draws trust from his altar boy's bleeding, transforming their sacred wine into haunting memories with only a drop of water for the sacrifice. While his male order, army of ordained disciples, bomb another clinic to rescue unborn lives, killing more mother goddesses in the process of patriarchal explosions, which sound, which sound, which sound like screams from thunder up above. God save America on the evening news because the curfew is enforced by fear. Thanks for tuning in to Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. We are reaching you through remote recordings for a live broadcast because we want to keep you in touch with the Latino literary renaissance. That means we have to check in with all our friends at the top of the program. You got to preview. You got like a sneak peek. This is like a unveiling for us here in Houston of some video Cortaditos and Picante Poems by one of our dear friends, Jose Torres Tama, who joins us on the phone. And we always love having him live in the studio or at the showcases. We appreciate when he's come to perform at Mecca, Multicultural Education and Counseling for the Arts, and when he's come for our birthday. Now, the rest of the world knows him as the winner of the 2019 Creation Award from the National Performance Network. He's also created... This Taco Truck Kills Fascists, a documentary on his Taco Truck Theater Ensemble performance, and it won Best Louisiana Feature at the 2018 New Orleans Film Festival. Rodrigo Dorfman, the award-winning Chilean filmmaker, directed it, and the film has toured the national circuit with screenings in San Francisco, the Independent Film Fest, Seattle Latino Film Festival, Indie Grits Film Fest, and so many others. You've heard him on our show. You've heard him on NPR. You've seen him making news. You've seen him at marches. He's explored the many challenges of life in post-Katrina New Orleans and the myriad human rights violations experienced by Latin American immigrants who reconstructed the city from its flooded deathbed. He is now teaming up with Bruce Franks, who is a New Orleans-based photographer, videographer, and theater artist. He's a co-founder and executive director of Mondo Bizarro. In 2007, he created... Bruce France Media to provide photo, video, and podcasting services to arts organizations, nonprofit businesses, and other members of the community. Hey, we just want an excuse to say hi to our hermano Jose, but he's also going to give us an update on what's going down in the Big Easy. So welcome back to your familia, Jose. Tell us exactly where you are today as you're calling in. Oh, my good brother, I am so deeply grateful. Uh, first of all, yes, um, you, Nuestra Palabra, and you fabulous, fantastic folks there are the ones that are offering the national debut of the Video Cortaditos and Picante Poems on YouTube channel that have been created recently while sheltering in place with Bruce France, who's been my uh, video vato longtime collaborator for 10 years. He's the one that designed the stimulating sci-fi Latino noir film shorts that we use in Aliens, Immigrants, and Other Evildoers. And that show, as you know, made a stop last year, right around this time, well, in April of last year, for the National uh, Latino Art Now Conference. And you were there. We had a packed house. It was such a brilliant performance. And to be honest with you, that one kicked off. Uh, we had an incredible interview uh, review by Trevor Buffon, at the University of Houston, who writes about Latino Latinx theater. And that review spawned great interest. Uh, I went on tour, Aliens, Immigrants, and Other Evildoers, in 2019, 
We sold out houses in Los Angeles, Houston, and New Orleans, packed it in the San Diego Repertory Theater, Madison-Dane County Arts, and uh, made some college visits, especially my favorite was uh, in East L.A., East L.A. College, ELAC, with the fabulous Christina Frias, who used to work with Guillermo Gomez Peña and Pocha Nostra. So it's been quite a trip, my brother, but as many of you may know, uh, the pandemic crisis has hit hard, and especially here in New Orleans, the uh, the sort of post-Mardi Gras verdict was that a lot of people might have come in infected, at least that's the 2020 hindsight theory, and thus um, it spread like wildfire three weeks after. Um, and by the time I got back from my spring tour, which began in Mexico City on March 1st, I was there through the 8th, performing with Pocha Nostra and Guillermo Gomez Peña to launch a new poetry book that I will let you know about later called Glossolalia of Hybrid Languages. I got back on the 8th, then I got hopped on a plane on the 10th of March to go to Atlanta to perform there. By the time I got back on March 16th, that evening the city went into extreme lockdown, bars and restaurants closing. So it's been serious here. You know, the pandemic has hit so much, uh, so hard, very quickly in New Orleans. And, you know, we love to party and we, you know, we brought our costume personas out to the streets there. But... We congregated with, you know, a million point five people that descended upon the city, many of them from other countries. And it is thought to be the uh, beginning of the crisis while the, the coronavirus cultivated and planned its, uh, its effect on us. It hit us three weeks later really hard. I do want to get to talk about the pieces. I hope people will actually watch them as well. But before I get to the art, I want to talk about the pandemic spread in New Orleans, especially because we're chatting on Friday, May 8th, because of KPFT observing all the warnings for COVID-19. We are now recording everything remotely. So this will broadcast on May 19th because we today in Houston, Texas and Texas just started reopening. A lot of folks think it's too early. We're going to know by the time this airs if it was too early or not. And New Orleans has been in that position. Can you give us a little bit of insight of how real it got and, and how it looked like there on the ground to face the COVID-19 pandemic head on? As you may know, it's been three cities that are close to my heart. Uh, you know, New York got hit really hard and I grew up there. I was raised in New York. My parents, we owned a coffee wagon business selling coffee in Union Square way back in the day before Union Square was gentrified. We're talking about the 70s, 80s and into the 90s before coffee shops took over. And Manhattan was hit really hard, you know. So, And then my own city, Guayaquil City, where I was born, has been hit really hard to the point where the cadavers have been uh, lying on the street and been put in cardboard makeshift coffins. Uh, I'm writing about that. Uh, you know, I'm writing poems. I have a new series called Pandemic Poems from the Prison of My Mind While I Shelter in Place. You know, sometimes for me to deal with trauma, I have to write. And I began writing also about our immigrants trapped here in Louisiana detention centers, which is just now beginning to make national airways. But I've, I've been following the story for a month, getting out, posting on Facebook. You've seen me do that. And now one of the articles will be published in Color Lines, uh, the social justice magazine platform. I am going to be contributing hopefully some more. But, you know, I have to speak about my people's pains. And we know we hold these truths to be self-evident. Black and brown people are going to be on the first line of uh, those to go down. And that's what's happened here. You know, there's always been uh, a challenge. And one of the black newspapers, the African-American well-known uh, editor uh, for the newspaper called The Tribune, uh, had it correct, and, and rightfully so, our Governor Edwards, who's trying to do the best job he can under these circumstances that are totally unprecedented, he said that it was trending that black people were dying, and she said, and they expressed, the editorial page expressed, it's not trending, it's a 400-year legacy of disenfranchisement and exclusion to proper health care for African-American communities. So you know the same uh, affects our immigrant community here. 
you know, a, a lot of the stories uh, here that are created post-Katrina have been very binary, white and black when they have to, simply because otherwise the African-American community will rightfully, you know, speak their voices and speak their minds. But our brown people, our Latin American immigrant people have been disenfranchised forever here, including our undocumented immigrants, thousands who've laid down, you know, so much of their blood, their labor, and their love to resurrect this city. And that's where I come in. You know, as you know, I'm a renegade scholar. I need to cro chronicle my people's pains. Uh, so, of course, uh, some of the things on the ground that I've been hearing as I stay in touch with activists is undocumented immigrants are being threatened tremendously with evictions if they don't play, if they don't pay. And, you know, many of them have lost their job, right? So the crises, as we're seeing, I'm calling it the pandemic pause of possibilities, right? Because we're seeing everything that we've already known is wrong with the United States of amnesia. Look at the homeless, armies of homeless across the country, and now they're being considered to be placed in uh, hotels, empty hotels, devoid of good credit tourists, because they become a possible spread for the pandemic. So only because they can spread the disease are... Uh, you know, our, our systems and governments and local governments placing some sense of responsibility to take care of these people. We know these truths to be self-evident. We know that the most marginalized will be the first to go down. So it's very, very dramatic to bear witness here to what has happened. And yes, the African-American community, many folks who have diabetes have gone down, you know, elderly folks that have um, compromised immune systems. I think um, the records show something like 60 to 70% of those infected who have died are African-American. And a lesser known factor is the undocumented immigrants because they, they become unknown beings. They don't even get reported. And right now, finally, here and now, reported something about one of the atrocious jails here, the ICE detention jails in Richmond, where they, they've said anywhere from 10 to 20 immigrants have died because of the spread of the coronavirus. Again, posting about this for about, you know, in mid-March, because I'm connected to Voces uh, Unidas, Immigrants' Rights Coalition. I'm one of the founders of that coalition, and I'm the one that chronicles the ideas by by placing them on social media and writing about them. So, you, you know, what, all we're seeing is everything we've already known. We've known the injustices that exist in this country. We know that uh, the, the system will always put profits over people. We've known that. We saw post-Katrina, people were protecting property more than protecting the individuals uh, who were suffering, including myself. As you may know, I wrote a piece about it because I escaped on a stolen school bus three days after the levees breached, right? And then when I got back, all I did, I began uh, uh, doing commentaries for Latino USA. Maria Nojosa got in touch with me knowing that I, I lived here, and I began contributing commentaries that explored exactly the fact that our people were reconstructing the city while they were suffering human rights violations. One of them was called Hard Living in a Big Easy, and now that's the name of the book that is forthcoming that I'm desperately trying to finish so I can head out by the 15th, uh, the 15th anniversary, and it's called Hard Living in the Big Easy Immigrants and the Rebirth of New Orleans. So I've taken it upon myself as an Ecuadorian immigrant to chronicle my people's story very much in the vein of James Baldwin, who bears witness. And that's what I can do, brother. I can bear witness. I, you know, I'm trying to do my laptop activism. Uh, and the video Cortaditos really, uh, you know, address the white supremacy beliefs that are part of this uh, United States of amnesia that seduces its people to forget its long legacy of the blood spilled of the many others, from Native Americans to African Americans to the appropriation. I mean, you live in the northern part of Texas. You, I mean, you live in Texas, which is the northern territories of Mexico before 1848, right? That's why I always joke that, you know, you want to build that wall? Let's build it from 1848. Google the Guadalupe Hidalgo Treaty of 1848. And people will discover that all of those territories from Texas to California, Oklahoma, Utah, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, all belonged to um, to Mexico, right? So some people are saying, let's, let's uh, make America Mexico again. So, you know, it's the job of the poet and the artist to point to the truths that are very obvious. That's why in my, um, my new short video, Cortaditos, I refer to myself, my AKA, uh, also known as El Señor Boca Mucho Grande, you know, because I have to point out the obvious.
Well, I love it. And I appreciate you being a testament to our legacy as you break it down and as you create it. Let's turn to the art, especially right now. We need art to humanize us. We need the humanities to help us think through this. And we need art to save us and unite us. Tell folks a little bit about Espanol is remote in here, which we heard at the top of the show. Tell us about going to this new medium. While we shelter in place, uh, we don't stop creating. And and quite honestly, art, it's poetry, performance, or the visual arts. You know I'm a visual artist as well. Is the way that I can deal with the trauma of my Ecuadorian American experience here. I often say, I am brown, therefore I am suspect. I am Latino, therefore I am spicy. I studied art in college, therefore I am unemployed. Um, you know, some jokes I do just for me. But Espanol is verboten here it is actually a, a piece. The text itself was created some time ago when I was back up in the 90s and performing at the New York Poets Cafe and being part of the uh, the regular slams that would take place there. And I won some of them, so I wanted to create this hybrid piece. And look how it still speaks to today, but now it's been re-envisioned through this video, YouTube, video cortaditos format. But it speaks to that fear that's always been within the USA, you know, Anglo Gringolandia, white supremacist loving narrative that uh, they can't stand the hybridity of our people making love. And that's what we're doing. We're, it, that piece is a tribute to the folks that are making radical love across racial borders, right? Uh, to actually create the hybrid people that will lead this country into a moral evolved union. And that's what I feel, you know? So the piece is comic, it's political, but it addresses the fears of Gringolandia and the monolinguistic nature of this country, as the piece says, monolinguistic, monotheistic, así que son un par de monos todos, you know, and it, it uh, challenges that idea of this one God, one language, one nation, indivisible by God and cable and justice for all, right? So I have to satirize and I have to use it as a means to remind people that it's driven by fear and this monolinguist obsession that people have to take America back. Back to where? Back to the 1950s? I don't want to go back there. That's where the Trump administration is looking to go. But we have to be very straight up about where we've been. And, you know, it's beautiful. When I travel the country, I've met... You know, Chilean, Japanese, U.S.-born uh, Peruvians and uh, Americans here. And let's make sure we understand that America is a continent. It's not just a country. It's the United States of North America. I was born in uh, the United States. It's, you know, all these states are united. I was born in Latin America of of the Americas, right? So we have to make sure we don't let America, the United States of North America, take hostage and sequester the moniker of America for itself that is all that means all good and noble because we know the United States of North America has a tough time living up to its press release. But Espanola's verboten here is like a hybrid combination. It's very alluring and plays with language, brings up popular cultural references, and uh, speaks about, you know, one of the one of the characters that says, this is for uh, Julio Chichimeca Edinburgh, born on Guadalupe Street in San Antonio, whose mother was an Aztec from Cuernavaca and whose father was a German, right? Uh, these are the beautiful hybrid. And as you know, in San Antonio, there's a lot of mixing between the colonialist uh, German immigrants that were brought in to eradicate and displace the, the Mexican rightful landowners. So, you know, people mix because people make love, radical love, across these borders to create an interracial and interplanetary love people of the future. So the piece just, uh, you know is a very engaging, but I'm using this video medium now with Bruce France, who's an incredible, you know, visualist art maker, right, uh, through video. So I sent them the text that was recorded some time ago with the hallucinogenic uh, landscapes of my longtime collaborator who goes by the name of Bai, B-A-I. And he's been a 20-year collaborator. He makes all the soundscapes for all of my work uh, for 20 years, and we're actually compiling an EP, Extended Play, a CD that will be on many sound platforms called Speaking Truth to Abuse of Power, Volumes 1 and 2. The video cortaditos are a way to use YouTube to re-envision these pieces that I've had recorded and give them a stimulation with these visual dynamics created by Bruce France 
to offer them as uh, regalitos, you know, just gifts to the media, uh, to people, and to the public that follow my work, and to everyone that is interested in both being entertained, because it's very funny, that piece, and also being engaged, right, with the provocative performance hybrid languages text. I feel you, and we can appreciate it, too, because like I mentioned earlier, we've had to go from doing live shows in the studio, which is always a lot of fun because you got that community aspect, to doing everything remotely through computers, video technology, because we want to keep the art going, the community connected. And I think what's great about the pieces you're sharing with us is that they live on each of those different platforms. So it's great because the poems are fantastic. The sound quality is great, so we can share them on air. But also, folks, again, I got to tell you, you got to go back and watch the videos, especially because it's like chatting with you. you. You get thrilled and you laugh, so you miss a line. And some people <laughs> that, that hate on us are going to hate some of those lines, but they're going to get confused by the next one that they even they may think is funny. So it's great that all that comes together, especially in this time when we need some of that humanity. Mira Mano, close us up by telling us a little more about and what if after so many words, because that does the same thing. It comes at you from so many angles. It's going to throw a lot of folks it's going to make a few folks mad, but at the end, it's an important debate. Hey, bro, I think if people get mad, that means it's you've stimulated them, right? And some of them will laugh. That's a crazy, wild, satirical piece, man. I threw that piece. We've had that piece recorded, uh, and I threw that piece at Bruce, and then he came back immediately. And this, is, and this is all done while we're sheltering in place, right? I send them stuff via email. I send them the tracks that we've had, and uh, we've mastered with, again, my... My um, my musical collaborator Bai, uh, who who is known by by his acronym Bai, I call him the the picante composer of my music soundscapes. That one's a wild piece, man, because it satirizes the Christian right wing militias right now that are demanding, you know, for cities to open. But you know, they've had a long time. I mean, and it satirizes the idea that they co opt the peace loving Jesus into a rebel flag iconic hater just to promote their vitriol. So, uh, and what if after so many words is actually inspired by a poem in Spanish que se llama Y Después de Cuanta Palabras, written by Cesar Vallejo, the great Peruvian surrealist and existentialist poet who died in Paris, whose work I really love, right? I translated that title after after so many words, and I would normally perform that piece at Poetry Slams as my last piece because it's both satirical, biting, and comic, and really poignant about the right-wing rebel flag haters, the uh, Christian politicians pushing and pimping censorship, hiding behind a cross to present their poison, and it looks at the brutality of priests, you know, Catholic priests seducing young boys, in addition to them inspiring their ordained disciples to bomb another clinic to rescue unborn lives, killing more mother goddesses in the process of patriarchal explosions with sound, with sound, with sound like screams from thunder up above. God save America on the evening news because the curfew is enforced by fear. So all of this rhetoric and all of, all of this outrageous poetic uh, pieces are then informed by the wild visuals that uh, Bruce France began creating. He would send me to him to my phone and go, oh my God, this is insane. Because he's such a brilliant collaborator and genius that I just send him the stuff and I say, okay, let me see what, what you get hit by now. And boom, he sends it back. And, you know, we, we have visions of the rebel flag. It's got a fire and brimstone visual landscape. Um, you know, and uh, the images, by the way, the photo image that we use is by another incredible collaborator because I have these really brilliant collaborators that I can hire when I have these grants, right? Uh, Craig Morse, uh, whose father's Cuban, actually, and um, he's just an incredible photographer who's been documenting a lot of the images that you'll see on my site on TaurusTama.com are the photo images captured of um, stage shows by Craig Morse, who's been documenting my work for 15 years now. So, you know, there's a collaboration there with Bai, who I've been working with for 20 years, doing the music soundscapes, and Bruce France, who I've been working with for 10 years. So this is actually a 10-year anniversary. So the idea was to use these video shorts 
And, and what if after so many words I've been sending it to people? That's my response to these uh, Christian militia right wings. And let's remember that if we had Latinos out there with those guns waving the flags and masks and demanding for our cities to be freed the same way you had the so-called patriots during uh, the Tea Party going out there with their muskets and rifles, you know, if it was black and brown people armed out, you know, demonstrating in capitals like they did, I think, in Sacramento in California... And in Michigan, you know, we would be shut down by the white police immediately, and we may even be gunned down. As you know, there's a the next one that's coming to you, brother, is going to rock you even further. It's called Symbolic Opponent Syndrome. It's about the killing of our black and brown people by white police. These are the truths we hold evident. So if people get rocked out of their psychic complacency of the United States of amnesia, you know what I have to say? Good. Get rocked. Wake up, people. <laughs> Oh, you're laying it down. We're really happy to wake everyone up with Jose Torres Tama. He is debuting his video, Cortaditos and Picante Poems, a collaboration with Blue France. During this time when we need all the art and inspiration we can get, Jose, continued success, and please keep us posted, hermano. Absolutely. Please send people to that YouTube channel, the YouTube channel, Jose Torres Tama, and they could see more. They could see other uh, video cortaditos that I did uh, myself with my cell phone. But these are new specialty cortaditos that are, are done with Bruce France, and I'm engaging another uh, collaborate as well. They're just meant to, you know, we've been posting them for free and sharing them as a prelude to the EP that's coming out later on this year, which is, you know, Speaking Truth to Perverse Power, Volume 1 and 2. So thank you, brother, for always your interest and your heart for my work. It is deeply appreciated coming to you from the pandemic hotbed of New Orleans, New Orleans, the Big Easy. remotely, but we're also getting ready for a lot of new campaigns. Right now, we're in the middle of expanding our team, our gente, our community by appointing Nuestra Palabra community representatives for each Houston City Council District. Today, we have the pleasure of chatting with Lauri Flores, who is the Nuestra Palabra community representative for the legacy Houston City Council H. We want to welcome her to the airwaves and ask her a little bit about how she's handling the COVID-19 lockdown. Hi, Tony. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to speak on this radio show, Nuestra Palabra. COVID-19, I'm adapting to it very well. I live over here in La Bonita, which is kind of an isolated neighborhood. I live with my four pets. So I'm kind of used to the same environment that I'm in right now. Isolation didn't affect me much. I still run my essential errands, and uh, everything's running pretty smoothly for me. So That's great. And we also appreciate you helping keep Nuestra Palabra going through social media, different ideas, including this campaign. 
Tell us a little bit more about City Council H. It is one of the classic Latino Mexican-American neighborhoods. Break down which streets it covers, a little bit of the history. And you mentioned La Bonita. Tell us about that name and that part of town. Well, La Bonita is a pretty uh, one of one of the older neighborhoods that was founded in 1936. People from Second Ward and uh, First Ward, maybe Sugarland and some other southern towns, moved here and started establishing what was known back then as small ranches. There, we were selling uh, 10, 12,000 square foot lots for $175 a lot. So um, anyway, um, the, the neighborhood, as it grew, missions from uh, Guadalupe Church used to come over here to uh, conduct uh, weddings and baptisms for uh, the community until it grew so much that we actually had to build our own church. So the community itself from, from, from the neighborhood helped to, to create the church that, uh, is still there. Hirsch Road, Our Lady of St. John Church. And, um, we are on the north side of Loop 610, the first exit, which is Cross Timbers. And then just a couple of blocks east of that. That's great. And we could tell you have so much cariño for your neighborhood because you know the history so well. And that's great that you want to share it. Now, let's get to what one of your missions is as part of this campaign. And we hope to make it happen. It's important to have these visions. Tell us a little bit about the way you see art and culture transforming your area. Well, currently, we don't really have much or any artwork in our community. Now, I've talked to our council member, uh, Carla Cisneros, about it, said that she could authorize or, or put it in the budget, request in the, uh, in the budget for us to have two mini murals here. And, and as you know, the mini murals are usually put on the electrical boxes that control the traffic lights. And we might have a couple of places in the neighborhood to do that, but we haven't finalized exactly where there are 50 people ahead of us before you know to get their murals done so i don't know when that's going to happen but at least it's it is in the budget it has been authorized to get back to what i was saying about the neighborhood and how it developed one of the things that became very popular in our community was baseball because we had a field, a baseball field built there at the church. And there's another story, a whole story behind why the church did that for the Latino community throughout Houston. And because of this baseball field, our neighborhood became very, very popular uh, among the Latino communities. And we held weekly baseball tournaments there at the church. So people from all over, all all the neighborhoods, um, you know, don't want to leave anybody out, but, you know, Northside, Second Ward, Grisol, Denmark Harbor, Magnolia came here to participate. And uh, we prayed together and played together. Anyway, and, and at, at some point, the, the baseball field was concreted over to make way for a parking lot. And we were going to have a new church built, and there was a reason for that. But along with that, unfortunately, there was no longer a reason for all of these neighborhoods to be coming into our community. And around the same time, um, the city set up the single-member voting districts or, or uh, council districts. And our community was placed in District B, and, which was you know, separated and separated basically from all the other Latino co communities in that way. And then being over here on this side of town, where Northside, Magnolia, and all those are, you know, south of us, really just separated us and uh, disassociated us with all the other Latino neighborhoods. So, and um, that wasn't good for our neighborhood. And I, and I think that's when the prog the this process of people moving away. Um, 
maybe maybe the representation that we needed to keep up with our community was we wasn't there so our neighborhood continued to degenerate because when i moved back the streets were cluttered with trash we had clogged up drainage there was uh overweeded lots but i knew that i was going to stay uh stay here i had lived in the Heights and at in Montrose, the Galleria, Clear Lake. So I knew that a community shouldn't have to exist that way. And I made a decision early on that I was going to do whatever I could do to re-empower my community. And uh, this is what I think, because of the baseball era that we went through, I think putting up a baseball softball mural would be great for bringing the Latino communities together. Uh, we could, you know, feature everything about baseball, the teams, uniforms, a field, coaches, bleachers, concession stands, and help reunite the community, the, the, the Latino culture as a whole. Now, I don't know what the protocol to approach a church is, but I would like to start a conversation about it and let's see where we go from there. That's a wonderful vision. And I think that's what we're about. We want to have the vision and then get everybody at the table to slowly make it rise out of the parking lot. <laughs> Lori, thank you so much for all that you do. And we're really happy to have you part of the Nuestra Palabra Familia. Thanks for calling in. If you have suggestions for topics or authors, send them to info at nuestrapalabra.org. Thanks to our crew, Leti Lopez, Rodrigo Bravo, who makes the shows remotely, Claudia Soler Alfonso, Jesse Aranda Comer, Lauri Flores, Stefano Cavaza, and Al Castillo. Italian-American Mayor Rudy Giuliani over New York City from 1994 to 2001, his administration was credited for cleaning up the Big Apple. And the NYPD unleashed a city-sanctioned code of zero tolerance, which resulted in some of the most violent cases of police brutality upon men of color in Manhattan's history. Today, Black Lives Matter and no human being is illegal. This is for my brothers and sisters who sway from the hips down, sun burning in our groins. We are standing on a paper constitution that has no truth for the dark one. S.O.S. Save our sons. I am, I am, I am. I am the symbolic opponent who bleeds in real time with your virtual display of machismo across my chest, spelled with shrapnel ink and a magnum pen. I am, I am, I am. I am the contact zone where copper fear transforms duty into hate. You only know me through your radar. 
darkness And I become darker by the minute Because moonlight makes me shine from within But you only see a glowing target And you testify God was talking to your barrel Ooh That you're still smoked with the absence of malice Ooh like another lover finished in your dirty, hairy hands. Ooh, I am, I am, I am. You are the new world order by a thin blue line where I will be judged at a moment's breath after a siren call for a TV crime. Will I have the time to kiss my mother before I depart? Ooh, I am, I am, I am. One Adam 12, one Adam 12, New York undercover, scary blue, suspect is an ethnic Cyborg, unarmed but forever dangerous because he dances with a heart on fire and needs no copper tone. Ooh, I am, I am, I am. He may talk in a sound foreign to the mother tongue or rap some slang beyond your reach as he drops a cadaver pose for asphalt chalk. And your mission, if you decide to accept it, Mr. Feel Good, in badge of courage by gang election, shiny with righteous stuff, and your breakfast special KKK is to see whether his blood is as brown as his skin. Ooh, I am, I am, I am. Think of him as a receptacle for the anger in your urine. Think of him as a piñata for your billy club that just turned a gold. His candy wrapper might be loaded with a hidden chocolate compartment that could be used against you, so look for undertow. Let bowels of silence guide you through the media slide and media circus that will follow. Ooh, I am, I am, I am. Truth is painful at point blank when the trigger is the law and I am free falling for a lottery bet. Count at 11, syndrome of a sickness cult, quality of life, spread like the Italian mayor butter on Wonder Bread Broadway, jammed with Disney caramel on parade because Pluto protects the land with a plunger in his hand. Ooh, I am, I am, I am, I am the symbolic opponent who bleeds in real time with your virtual display of machismo across my chest. Spelled with shrapnel ink and a magnum pen, my brothers and sisters who sway from the hips down, sun burning in our groins, we are standing on a paper constitution that has no truth for the dark one. This is to remember Jose Nelson Reyes Zelaya, a 28 years young El Salvadorian reconstruction worker in Lyon, who died mysteriously in ICE custody within a 24-hour period back on July 17, 2010. ICE agents said he committed suicide, apparently died of asphyxiation. In that year, he was the eighth person to die in ICE detention. In street slang, ICE means to kill. They offered no more evidence to the El Salvadorian consulate or to his family. This is to remember Jessica Hernandez, a 17 years young LGBTQT Mexican teen leader in her community, shot and killed by white Denver police at point blank through a car window on the morning of January 26, 2017. Police shot her unconscious and then dragged her near-dead body like a piece of garbage from the vehicle and handcuffed her. Police said she tried to run them over, but Jesse's friends inside the car said otherwise. 800 people turned out to offer their respects to Jesse. This is for Denise, Dennis, 
another Central American reconstruction worker in New Orleans, whose body absorbed a Rodney King-like beating by white Gretna Sheriff Police on January 25, 2012. His wife was witness to the assault in the parking lot of their apartment complex. They took his beaten body in their patrol car. She could not locate him for a week. Finally, she found him in a Jefferson Parish hospital in a coma with steel rods through his cranium to hold his head together. He remained in the coma for three months. They were afraid to report it because of their undocumented status. This is to remember our unarmed black and brown people, our melanin people of power killed, slaughtered by white police. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Anthony Baez, 29 years old, 1994. Amadou Diallo, 23 years old, 1999. Trayvon Martin, 17 years old, 2012. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Michael Brown, 18 years old, 2014. Laquan McDonald, 17 years old, 2014. Scott Clark, 2015. Philando Castile, 2016. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Alton Sterling, 37 years old, 2016. Terence Crutcher, 40 years old, 2016. Walter Scott, 2015. Stefan Clark, 23 years old, 2018. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Eric Harris, 44 years old, 2015. Eric Gardner, 2014. Sandra Bland, 28 years young, 2015. Atatiana Jefferson, 28 years old, 2019. Tamir Rice, 12 years young, baby boy, 2014. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Pedro Villanueva, 19 years old, 2016. Angel Ramos, 2017. Magdile Sanchez, 2016. Sergio Reyes, 2017. 18 years young, 14 bullets his body absorbed. They are killing us daily with impunity. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We have been standing on a paper constitution that has never had any truth for our kind. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? Can I get a si se puede from Dolores Puerta again? We hold these truths to be self-evident. They are killing us daily with impunity. Can I get a witness? Since 1970, KPFT has been driven by people giving their free time to answer phones, sweep floors, run soundboards, and much more. Unlike commercial radio, passion, not advertising dollars, fuels the radio you hear. Do you have a few minutes to lend a hand? Volunteers come from virtually every walk of life and support our operations at any hour of the day or night. Call 713-526-4000 to learn more about volunteering at KPFT or visit kpft.org to download a volunteer application. If you're on a limited budget and can't afford a pledge right now, volunteering just a few hours a month can qualify you for membership. If you run a business, your effort and materials could be considered a tax write-off for support of this nonprofit radio station. Again, that's 713-526-4000 or visit kpft.org. This is commercial free, listener Sponsored Pacifica Radio, KPFT, Houston.
Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn